This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. They say two weeks is a long time in football. Presumably that was said after an international break which consisted of England versus Australia. It's Friday the 20th of October. I'm Amos Murphy. I'm Ollie McCool. And I'm Alex Brunson. And this is the City Report Podcast. Welcome back all, it is wonderful to have you with us. Joining me is a well-used but very much still fresh, bouncy and vibrant partnership of Ollie McCall and Alex Brotherton. Ollie, how are we? How are you doing? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thanks. Uh, you know, we've we've gone from, you know, nice sunny weather outside, even if it was a little bit cold, to oh, no. dreary and rainy. Uh, so, so, you know, I, I don't think it's right. Do you very... not prefer that this time of year though? Because I, I was in like, it felt the sunshine was was a bit of an imposter for like the first part of October. I'm, I'm in my woolly jumper now. I'm in my autumnal phase. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I don't mind it. I don't mind it like when it's bright and sunny outside, but it's still cold because that feels like autumn to me. But this, I'm looking mm. outside and it's rainy and there's builders across the road and it's just not very nice. It's just, it's just, not, what mm. we would, it's just not what we would call a thirst sleigh. You know, not Thursday. It's not thirst sleigh today. <laughs> Oh yeah, well it's off to a cracking start. I mean, I'm looking out my window, Alex, in, in sunny Stockport, and it is very much sunny. Um, blue skies. There's a fresh autumnal crisp in the air. I don't know what it's like in the um, the barren land of North Manchester, but um, I'm quite enjoying these autumn days. Um, no, as they say, it's grim up north. Um, yeah, no, it's been lovely the last few days, but today is a bit grey. Um, mm. But yeah, it's. Um, yeah, nice to have City back. I guess it's um, could be. I could be in better shape. I'm a bit ill at the minute. I've I'm doing oh, a no. I'm doing a 2020 um, 
sort of reprieve. I've got, I've got the rotor, so um, yeah, it's, fair play. Nose feels like it's had bleach poured down it, but we move. Um, this fair is my play. commitment to the pod. So yeah, um, you, you've passed a late fitness test, and um, unfortunately, given an injury crisis, we've had to wheel you out. Um, yeah, international break done and dusted. Now, although an international break where you get to watch Jude Bellingham play as good as he did, I suppose is better than the average international break. But um, we'll move on to, to City, and, and in particular the weekend fixture, um, which was covered slightly by Adam Mulve and Joe on Wednesday's show. So if you haven't listened to that, please go back and give it a listen. It was fantastic. A bit of trivia at the end as well for you to test your knowledge, but. It is, I feel like, Ollie, quite a big fixture. Um, we'll do a little bit of look at Brighton in a minute, but I just wanted to start off by the thoughts and feelings, I guess, going into it, because it's been so long since we've had to preview a City game, going back two weeks, so that, that clash against Arsenal. And I agreed with what the lad said on Wednesday, basically saying that at, at full-time against Arsenal, it felt like it's going to be a slog two weeks, you know, it's going to linger, etc., etc. But I do feel like it's probably benefited City more than we first thought. It was a good break to have and this is a good fixture to get back into things, I feel like, anyway. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I kind of compartmentalised the Arsenal result pretty much immediately because... You know, go, going going there without Rodri and playing just how we did, I don't think I don't think we played very good at all. Um, but mm. it feels very good coming back off two weeks. And to be honest, I, a lot of people complain about oh, we only play you know four Premier League games and it's an international break. I actually quite enjoyed this one, uh, not because I watched any football. It, was because it just felt nice to kind of get away from what had been a relatively negative mm. time for City. Decompress, I guess. Yeah, it, just, just that's what it felt like for me. Just shut it all off for a bit. Um, but coming into this one, I feel, I feel, I feel buzzed. I mean, for me, I'll always enjoy a game against Brighton. You know, it's, I've said before, I, I used to live there. I love it down there. Um, if if there was anything close to a second team in the Premier League, it would be Brighton and Hove Albion for me. Um, but frankly, they're just a great team to watch as well. And I think, you know, we always talk about what is the peak Premier League game. And I always think City-Brighton clashes have always been a relatively entertaining one, whether it's Deserby or Potter. Um, you know, the results haven't mm. always gone our way, but I think they've always been interesting tactically. And, you know, you know what to expect from two managers who, you know, drill their sides all week. Um, Guardiola have been at them all week. And frankly, getting to see Rodri play in a Manchester City shirt again, even though it was only three games, that's a really nice feeling. And you and it just kind of fills you with that extra little bit of confidence, you know, mm. not having to worry about who's going to be playing at defensive midfield against one of the best teams in the league and against one of the more interesting midfields in the league. Yeah, I think that was one of the interesting parts when he did get sent off against Nottingham Forest was why they would have um, uh, appealed it, challenged it anyway, I don't know. But obviously adding that extra suspension on would have then ruled him out of the Brighton game and given the run of fixtures we've got coming up. It felt like a, a, a decent one to take at the time, obviously frustrating, but it is what it is. Um, Alex, yeah, I completely agree with Ollie. I do feel like this is a, a big game, which is interesting because it's a Saturday three o'clock kickoff for, for us guys in the UK, which um, for anyone not aware means it isn't one of the televised slots, which I guess is a, a separate debate, but it's... It, it, City Brighton, I guess, traditionally um, isn't one of the Premier League fixtures that you look at on a calendar, but given their rise to prominence over the last 12, 18 months, 24 months, however, however long you want to go back, it is a big match and it should be it should be treated as such. Yeah, no, I agree. I think um, is, I was a bit surprised to find out when it was, um, you know, hadn't been selected for, mm. for television. Um, I can only think... Maybe, as Ollie said before, like they're always um, in the last couple of seasons, they've been really entertaining games. Um, I guess City haven't had 
you know, on paper, it looks like when it's been at the Etihad, City have won fairly comfortably, but the reality of those mm. games wasn't quite so comfortable. Um, remember, you know, the last, uh, was it the first sort of 20 minutes, maybe half an hour of the, so City won 3-1, was it, at the Etihad last season, I think? Yeah. yeah. Um, and obviously Brighton, you know, went that man-to-man approach, took City a bit to figure out a way to, to sort of deal with that. And obviously then you had Haaland kind of bullying the defenders and that's how City um, ended up winning. But they're always like really good games, um, especially now there's the Deserby sort of element to it and mm. all the chat about him potentially being a, a Pep successor some some way down the line. Um, there's the kind of the tactical element as well. I know not everyone and not all the listeners will be sort of as interested in the tactical element as, as others, but like it is really interesting uh, in my opinion, kind of how you know things like Brighton going man to man, how City will approach that, um, how City can try and exploit kind of Brighton's weaknesses, and the fact that Brighton just are a bit of a chaos team under Deserby. I think I was yeah. I was reading some of it before that you know they're the closest team to City in terms of um, and Arsenal in terms of scoring goals uh, since Deserby arrived. Uh, I think it was September last year, and that kind of thing, and keeping possession, but they've conceded. 64 goals in 40 games I think under Deserby which is just um, I think it's about double what City have conceded in the same time frame um, so there's definitely ways in for City there um, and it'd just be a really interesting game and should be an entertaining one I don't I don't think you know when those two teams with their managers go against each other you're never going to get a kind of a I mean I'm going to jinx it now but you're never going to get a boring nil-nil where mm. both teams just pass it around aimlessly like it's uh, neither manager kind of believes in that um passing for the sake of it um so yeah should be a should be a really interesting game Yeah I mean Pep Guardiola has already praised Roberto De Zerbi and it isn't sort of that faux praise that we often see against, I don't know, like a Bournemouth where he calls Lewis Cook one of the best midfielders of all time, something like that, you know, where it's clearly, I mean, I genuinely do believe he thinks this sort of stuff because he's quite weird, Pep Guardiola, but obviously for like the mere mortal, like, okay, whatever. Um, But he has obviously called De Zerbi one of the most influential managers in in the last 20 years. And and I think that's as fair assessment as you can probably get, Ollie, because, you know, it, it felt like when Graham Potter left, the Brighton project was going to crash and burn. It was going to be a flash in the pan. However, many more cliches I can squeeze in there. But basically, it didn't look like it was going to last forever. However, they've improved immensely. They're now into Europe. They went to Marseille a couple of weeks ago. They came from 2-0 down. They are a team, however, that if you catch them on their off day, you can put two, three, four goals past them. Obviously, Aston Villa before the international break stuck six six past them. Um, West Ham as well, albeit a different sort of style of football. It should be an intriguing game. Flip side to that, though, how do you want City to approach it? Because I think without Rodri, we've seen City overcorrect their issues a little bit and they've almost played into the opposition's hands. I think that's what we saw against Arsenal where it was a very un-City-like performance having, what, two or three days before against Leipzig put on one of the most City performances that we can remember this season. So how do you personally want to see City approach it with Rodri back in the team? To be honest, I just want to see City go for it. Um, you know, and I think we've seen that from Guardiola this season when he's had Rodri, you know, because it, we, we all know how good Rodri is. We all know he's mm. the best midfielder in the world, for, well, for my money at least, and Pep Guardiola said so as well. Um, so I think you can afford to, you know, put out a bit more of a risky team selection. I don't think you need the likes of Jack Grealish and Bernardo Silva on the wings for ultimate control, you know. 
Um, Erling Haaland is going to feast. The, you know, Brighton are one of the few teams that are going to leave space for Erling Haaland to run into at points mm. in this game. You know, that's just that's just the nature of how they play under Deserby. So, you know, I think you've kind of got to give him give him that benefit and, you know, place a Doku or a Foden next to him out wide. Um, you know, may and you know, then you've got Julian Alvarez probably sat behind him as always, you know, being the little kind of chaos merchant that he is. Um, you don't really need to pack the team with with controllers here because you know even though he's Rodri's first game back for City he's had a couple of games for Spain so he's in the rhythm he never he never really lost it anyway because he played against RB Leipzig and mm. looked really good there um, so I've got no doubt nice pronunciation by the way can we have that again can we have <laughs> a reload good, that on that good. well RB Leipzig RB Leipzig <laughs> that's, that's Derek Ray's Twitter account coming wunderbar that's his sehr good Oli yeah. Dankeschön Rassen Ball Sport or whatever they're official name is um but yeah i i just want to see city go for it you know and if brighton are going to go and play man-to-man against city you've just got to tolerate it find out a way to play through the mm. play through the lines and and you know like alex i'm going to jinx it you know you can you can see how city get a win not easy i don't want to say easily but you can see where the win went where the win will come from if it's going to go that way um but you could also mm. see city just blowing up and having one of those days as well, you know, it, it can happen and it's happened a couple of times this season already. But, um, you know, I think it's one of those that there's going to be a lot of motivation in the City team to get going. And if you put in, you know, the likes of Foden, who had uh, a decent game against Italy for England, if you put in Doku, who's, you know, just looked an absolute gem whenever he's played, not always the most technically proficient, not always, you know, nine, nine, ten out of ten type player. But, you know, you can tell he's always ready to have a go. Um, you know, most relentless dribbler in Europe. I think there's a lot of ways this City team can come up Brighton here. And, you know, Brighton are one of the few teams that City are going to have the space that they enjoy playing in. Um, you know, yeah. I don't think it's not going to be, a, I don't think it's going to be a 5 6 7 0. I don't think City have that really in them, especially because, you know, if we get to 60 minutes and it's 3 0, Guardiola's going to ring the changes and, you know, we'll see the likes of Rico Lewis come on. Calvin Phillips may get 20 minutes. You know, Oscar Bob may get 10, 15 minutes. It's that, you know, we're not going to see them really put their foot down because there's bigger games coming up as well. Mm. Yeah, and a nice um, nice segue, actually. I was just going to bring that up because, Alex, City's Premier League schedule starting with this game against Brighton reads as follows. Um, obviously, Brighton at home, Man United away, Bournemouth at home, Chelsea, which is the last game before the next international break, then it's Liverpool at home, and then it's Spurs in the first week of uh, December. So basically, between mid-October and, and early December, we're looking at what, genuinely speaking could be a season defining run of fixtures how important do you think it is then given what we've seen in the last sort of three matches without Rodri given the shape of the league table already what a city two points behind Spurs and Arsenal um, I'm not sure when those two teams play so it could have changed by then but yes it's okay saying Brighton are a wonderful team and Brighton can come and get a result although it has never happened City have won all home matches against Brighton in the Premier League history it is a case of City kind of having to win this one, is it not? Given what's gone before it. Yeah, I think in one sense it's it's not because we are. I, I know obviously there's the caveat of the big of the, the sort of the difficult run coming up, but mm. we're still in October. If they lost this game and fall, say five points behind Spurs and Arsenal, then you know there's still what. Uh, 
seven eight months of the season left like mm-hmm. it's um so it's obviously not it's not gonna re- might not have a huge impact but when you look at that run it sounds kind of weird to say given the, the kind of hype about brighton and the Zerby, but it's probably one of the more winnable games i want to stick my neck yeah, out and say just yeah. because city there is a clear sort of there, there is a clear if, if brighton come and play the same way where they press city high um they press man to man their centre-backs and the defensive line are very high and try and stick on Haaland. And, you know, City have already shown in previous meetings last season that they know a way how to combat that. And obviously, I don't I don't think Brighton are going to come and play the exact same way because De Zerbi's not naive enough to just think, oh, well, I'm going to do exactly the same thing and hope just hope it works. But then, yeah, it is important, I think, that they get the win in this one. And I think they've got a good chance, um, you know, with Stones being back as well. Um, you know, against teams that press high, you need your your best ball playing centre backs uh, and defenders, and you know Stones is is the best, I'd say. Um, so to have him back along with Rodri is going to be really important. Um, so I can see a City win, and I think it. You know, yeah, I said it's not that important to get the win in terms of there's a lot of the season left, but going into a difficult run, I think you know it boosts kind of the morale, the. Um, Brings a bit of the confidence back after two consecutive league defeats, you know, three consecutive league defeats. You know, that's when the pressure starts cranking up, even at quite an early stage in the season. Um, so to kind of bring those rambling sort of uh, contradictory thoughts to some sort of conclusion, I think it's it's not, you know, critical that they win in, in the overall story of the season. But in this little segment of the season, I think maybe it is important because then, as you said, you know, games against, well, the derby next weekend coming up mm. who knows what's going to happen in that that's always really difficult to predict um especially when it's at old trafford in recent times um and then yeah tottenham and chelsea coming up uh in the sort of the, the weeks looking ahead so yeah i think a win is definitely would definitely help for sure yeah yeah and, and you mentioned the three consecutive league defeats that's happened once before in Guardiola's managerial career we'll be glad to know so um yeah it could be a, another chunk of history at the weekend hopefully not but um stick as a stick stay exactly where you are sorry we'll be back after this short break to discuss the team selection ahead of the Brighton game and there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The Etihad Stadium really is wonderful at this time of the season. And the same goes for McDelivery. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the City Report podcast, the final episode of the week and the final episode of the international break. Well, 
for the first uh, 26 days, that is, until the next one, which you'll be delighted to hear about. Um, if you haven't already, please go back and listen to the other two episodes we have released this week. On Monday, I was joined by Andrew and Adam. Adam Howarth, that is, not Adam Booker. We were discussing City's best teams of the last 15 years or so, putting them into a mini tournament and seeing who would come out on top. And as mentioned before, Adam Booker was joined by Joe and Mull from the Noisy Podcast to do a little bit of City trivia and preview this game as well. Um, okay, let's finish the week off then, Ollie, by speaking about the players we want to or we might expect to see, because I suppose those are two very different um, outcomes, I guess, with Guardiola in this game against Brighton. Let, let, let's start at the back because Alex flirted with it a moment ago. We speak about Rodri coming back, but almost equally as important is the return of John Stones. Now, he played against um, Italy for England on Tuesday night. I thought he looked uh, comfortable enough, but at times shaky, maybe a little bit sleepy for the goal that was conceded in the first half. But, you know, it was his first start, I think it was, since, well, the Community Shield against Arsenal. So it's going to be expected he looks a little bit shaky. Is he a lock then, straight back into the team? He's had um, one start, he's had two sub-appearances, he came off the bench against Australia and against Arsenal, of course, um, two of your favourite things. So I guess it will be um, it'll be interesting to see whether he goes straight back into the starting eleven. Uh, for me, he does. Uh, I don't think, I mean, I, I said I'd have start, if he was fit, I'd have started him against Arsenal and he came on anyway. Um but uh, I, I think I think you know what you do is you start him this week because you know the derby coming up next weekend. I don't really want to be giving him ninety minutes against in the Champions League midweek, and then you know having to mm. be, be more careful with him at, at the at the weekend in a you know sorry bright in a bigger game, um, especially away. Uh, John Stones, what he brings to this team is fantastic, and you know I watched him against Italy, and I thought you know you could you could almost see him. He'd take a couple of steps out as if he was going to make that run into midfield like he does for City. And then he'd go, no, I'm at England. I've got to stop, pass the, pass the ball along and go from there. Mm. Uh, so for me, he's a lock to come straight back in. You know, there's enough, there's enough match sh- sharpness and fitness there to come back in for City, I think. Um, and then you'd probably, you know, keep him on the bench midweek and bring him back in for the derby. As for other defenders, um, it's just, it's just whoever, you draw out the hat, really, isn't it? Um, mm. The collection of them is just so, are just so good, and you know I have no distrust in any of them. I don't think there's any injury concerns with any of the others coming out of the international break. I think we're operating close, to, close if not at full fitness defensively. Um, so that's that's a really good sign. It doesn't really matter who Guardiola picks, but I would like to see John Stones come back in for this one. Yeah, I think most people would would agree. He came off off the bench, obviously, against Arsenal, and he looked competent enough. He was making those sort of striding runs forward, playing those passes in between the lines for the 20-odd minutes or so that he was on the pitch for. Um, Alex, one thing I found interesting going back to that Arsenal game was the the deployment of both Nathan Ake and Guardiola to create that two left-footed. And I do feel that was probably specific to the Arsenal opponent. But with John Stones coming back in, it, it's likely uh, Ruben Diaz goes back out to the left-hand side. John Stones starts on the right. Kyle Walker, obviously club captain at this point, so he's going to start. So who do you reckon will be that left-sided centre-half? Because poor Nathan, uh, Nathan Ake, he's, he's had one of the greatest seasons on record for a, a City defender and then he's obviously been gazumped by the close £100 million signing of Guardiola 
But I do feel like both of them can bring something different to the table that that the other, at least Nathan Ake at this point, can do above Gradiol, um, and which obviously he's, he's sort of out and out defensive abilities. Gradiol's great going forward. And I, I do feel maybe in this game, he does go with um, the Croatian instead of the, the Dutch defender instead. Um, I, I was kind of thinking the other way, actually. Um, just... Okay. It's, obviously, we're talking very fine margins here. Um, it's like, you know, when we say one City defender's better at playing out from the back than another. Like, it's not a massive difference. Mm. Like, they're all very good at it. But yeah. in terms of, I just think that, I think that Ake has shown over the last year that he is incredibly strong in, like, one-on-one duels. Um, and I'm not mm, saying Gvardiol yeah. isn't. Like, he's a... 77 pound uh, 77 pound 77 77, <laughs> 77 million pound defender. I'll have one of them um and but you know one of the one of the sort of maybe slight weaknesses that you know well City saw it first hand when we when they played uh, Leipzig last season you know he's not perhaps the mm. best around in duels sometimes his his big strength is definitely with the ball at his feet and maybe Ake isn't quite as good at that, but I think Ake has shown, along with Akanji, that they're both very, very good in individual duels. And I think against Brighton, the way that they look to attack, um, and especially, you know, with Matoma and uh, Solly Marsh kind of on the flanks and inverting and mm. swapping and, and all that kind of thing, like I think maybe it would be good to have someone you know, that is just that maybe slightly more confident in the individual duels, especially when Brighton likes to create those. Uh, I feel like false transitions isn't really the, just sounds like a kind of a stupid way to describe it, but you know where they invite the team on and then they play into the mm. space. It's not a counter-attack, but it's it's a transition. I feel like someone... Hey, I like it. False Someone's definitely said that go. before and I kind of thought, oh, that's stupid, <laughs> but I've just used it myself. So um, I don't know. I think and yeah, and I think Brighton aren't really the team that you know they're not going to sit back in a deep block and they're not they're not going to need City aren't going to need all their incredible ball playing defenders or the very you know to unpick a really tight defense. That's mm. not how Brighton play. So I feel like you know it's not a necessity that Vardiol starts instead of Ake because he's a little bit better on the ball. I think maybe it'd be better to have the guy that's perhaps a little bit more confident at this moment in time in the duels, and I think that's Ake um, over Vardiol. But, you know, if Vardiol starts, um, it's not really a massive deal. I just think it's a slight, my preference would slightly be Ake. Yeah, I think that's sort of where we are at the moment. Um, poor Akanji, mm. by the way, as well. He seems to have been yeah. shunted a little bit as well. Um Oli, I want to I want to start in terms of the rest of the team from from front to back because I, I feel like the attack probably dictates the mid, the midfield more than the midfield di- dictates the attack. Um, you mentioned a little bit before that you would have um, Doku starting alongside Haaland, and and obviously in the in the Arsenal game it was Alvarez, it was Foden, Alvarez sort of playing this sort of kind of right wing position, which you've not really seen him do before. There was all sorts of crazy stuff going on in the Arsenal game, but. Haaland starts, obviously, barring injury crisis um, between now and Saturday, 3 o'clock. Either side, what do you want then? Um, is it a Doku Grealish? Is it a Foden Doku? Is it a Grealish Foden? Is it a Foden Bernardo? You know, there's, there's a multitude of partnerships, but it does feel like City is struggling to find the ones that really are clicking um, together at the moment in this early stage of the season. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think because uh, the last time I did a preview episode, I think I ended up winning about 13 players for the starting 11. Um, <laughs> a yeah, rugby union yeah, starting ex- ex- 11. Exactly. Starting 13. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, I mean, for me, it's Docu on the left. I think it's his best side. You know, he, he's played on the right a little bit and he's looked okay, but he, he looks so much more comfortable coming in on the left. Um, mm. Harland, obviously, as you say, picks himself. I think, I think I would go Foden. Um whether that whether that ends up being you know Foden drifting in and Kyle Walker just running the right hand side like we've seen him sometimes this season, or whether it ends up being something different depending on what what midfield it is, I think I would just kind of go all out and go Foden, Harlan, Doku because uh, they're, 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 it's it's probably our most fun three in terms of you know just going pure chaos and then you can put in mm. a, a a more reserved midfield because obviously we don't really have. Well, you know, our, our kind of chaos midfielder has always been De Bruyne and how he pulls defences apart. Not having him means you can put, you know, a Bernardo in midfield, for example, or you can go Kovacic, Rodri, Nunes this season and, you know, compensate that way. So I, I think that's how I would set this team up. I have to apologise to my rugby um, fans because I got my codes mixed up. It's rugby league that has thirteen, rugby union Although has fifteen. To, yeah. Now um, Guinness in your yeah, face. They will be. They will be. Um, that that group of Napoleon um, fighters will be knocking on my door if anyone saw the video at the weekend from the England game. Anyway, good luck to the England team, by the way, on Saturday evening, semi-final. Only Northern Hemisphere team to reach it to that stage. We digress, Alex. Um, so uh, Ollie has gone. I'm just thinking of that video of those Napoleon <laughs> fellas fighting each other. Anyway, Ollie has gone Doku on the right. Um, do you left. feel like City are kind of getting into a position? Oh, yeah, on the left. Sorry. Um, do you feel like City are kind of getting into a position where there's quite a few undroppables in that attack, and and not necessarily in terms of the positions they're playing, but Phil Foden seems like a starter. Julian Alvarez has been City's best player this season. So it does sort of present this conundrum. How do you get them all into the team, into a functioning attack? And I don't know what you want to see against Brighton, but barring fitness, because obviously he was playing with Argentina uh, in South America. Um, they had quite a late game. I think it was on Tuesday, Argentina. So Julian Alvarez maybe coming back, he might be a bit leggy. But I think he has to start if he's fit enough. Phil Foden, again, is a player this season who I think has been wonderful. So it doesn't necessarily open the gaps in the team for Doku, Grealish, etc. to come in and play their preferred positions. What do you want to see City do um, with their attack on Saturday afternoon? Yeah, I think... Um... Yeah, I think as long as Julian Alvarez is um, sort of fit enough and isn't too um, too knackered after his midweek uh, sort of commitments, then I think yeah, I think he should definitely start. Uh, I think Foden is is kind of a locked in starter now, whether that's on the wing or in midfield. I think you know mm-hmm. it's going to be on the right wing, um, and I'd I'd quite like to see I think Grealish to be honest rather than Doku in this game. Uh, on the left wing, which I feel like is going to be an unpopular, an unpopular sort of call, but mm. I don't know. I just think, um, I just think against Brighton, the way that they play and the sort of the how they can attack, uh, and the as I said before, they're not a team that you know are going to sit deep and you know need people to like take on. You know, Doku has shown that he's great at taking people on and getting to the byline. And he's mm. he's done it against teams that are giving him a bit more room, and he's done it against teams that have you know defended in more of a deep kind of a deep block like like we saw with the West Ham game um, last month. So, but I kind of think with Brighton, they are going to leave space in behind, which you know would suit Doku. You know he can run into the space, but I think 
to combat their attacking threat, I think it'd be good to have Grealish just for his. Um, I mean, because he can attack space, but you know he's he's better at better than Doku at keeping the ball, kind of you know making the right decisions. He's been in the city setup um, two years longer than than Doku has, so he, mm. he's more in tune now with you know when to make that risky pass, when to play it safe, that kind of thing. And against the team as as sort of um, devastating in the transition as Brighton, you don't really want. We don't want to see more of what what happened with Doku against uh, was it Fulham? Um, my memory's failing me now, but you know when he gave the he made a slightly risky pass and it resulted straight in, yeah. in that, straight away in their goal. So I personally go with Grealish, um, but and then if maybe City are struggling to create anything or if the game's still tight late on or in the second half, you know, bring in Doku if you need that extra bit of um, explosiveness. I think, um, but yeah, and then I think I'd like to see mm. Bernardo. Uh, in midfield with Rodri obviously pushing up into the attack and then dropping back when when City are uh, sort of building building up or defending. Um, that would be that'd be how I go with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, t- I totally agree. I think I'd go Grealish as well, um, just because as as we've mentioned with with Brighton and their transitions, um, Doku is wonderful, but it, it, there is a, a tendency at times to give the ball away in, in in dangerous positions. But if it is Jeremy Doku, I mean, who who, who are we to complain? Um, finally, then Oli midfield, and it's interesting because. This, I think, is the first time since Kovacic went down injured in, I want to say, early September that we could see that midfield we saw at the start of the season, which for mine, when he was working fantastically, which was Rodri, Kovacic and Julian Alvarez, of course. Do you feel like, given obviously Kovacic has had a bit of a a dodgy couple of weeks in in Rodri's absence, being asked to do a position which, you know, he he totally wasn't up to scratching and that's fair enough and and, had things gone a different way, he probably would have been suspended for this game. But do you feel like we will see that midfield of Rodri, Kovacic? Obviously, John Stones will be there to step in as well. Kyle Walker playing his sort of quasi right wing. Julian Alvarez doing the Kevin De Bruyne stuff. Or as Alex mentioned, do you think now given, because obviously at the start of the season, Bernardo Silva wasn't here. Do you feel like now he's back in the fold, he's another one of those automatic starters? I, I can never tell with Bernardo. It feels like he's he plays every game, but then he's also sat on the bench quite a few times. So, um, yeah, I, I would like to see that midfield again, but I don't know if it's going to be in this game against Brighton. Yeah, I think Rodri and Kovacic, well, Rodri's obviously a lock-in for this game. Kovacic, I think, is yeah. as well because... Guardiola likes what he brings on the you know ball carrying abilities. Trying to find a through ball to Haaland, you know that's why we bought him. Um, I think with Alvarez, the only thing that could go against him is the fact that you know his his travelling back from midweek from international break is so much longer. The distances he goes are so much further. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not I'm not entirely sure, but I'm, but I'm guessing he played two not ninety minutes or close to ninety minutes for Argentina. Um, and the way and the fact that he's barely been rested for City. Um, is a slight concern. You know, we don't want, you know, we've just got Rodri back. We don't want to put Alvarez in and then have him go down with a hamstring injury or something like that and, and then lose him for a few weeks as well. Um, so I think I probably would just go Bernardo in midfield for this one. So Bernardo, Kovacic, mm. Rodri, uh, that's nothing against Alvarez. Uh, I just think, you know, with where he plays on the pitch and uh, considering the team, I considering the front three I picked, um, you know, he may not be the best option to start this game, but I would be amazed if he's not involved in it at some point, if he starts it on the bench. Um, I just think, mm. you know, for, for his fitness, yeah, and you can imagine he's probably going to play in midweek. There's no doubt in my mind that, you know, Guardiola's going to try and shove as many players into that midfield as possible for the derby. 
Um, and that's the way you got, and that's the way you got to build these uh, starting 11s at the moment. You've got to build them up thinking two, three games ahead mm. because they come thick and fast at this time of the year. Um, you know, when you're factoring in international breaks and you're factoring in the fact that you've got a player who's, you know, traveling so much further uh, that, and what that takes out of them as well. Um, especially with all the concerns about, you know, adding more games to the schedule, you've really got to be, I think you've got to be really careful with Julian Alvarez. But um, yeah, I, th- I think I would just go Bernardo over him this time. But um, seeing him come off the bench is no bad thing, in my opinion. Alex, Guardiola has the opportunity to do the funniest thing ever by not starting Rodri, doesn't he? Um, could you imagine? <laughs> Oh. Could you imagine? Do, do you, I, I, it would just cause it would just cause absolute chaos. Um, it would be quite funny, but it's hard to see. Happening. No, that not in a million years is that going to happen. Um, I have, that's <laughs> there we go. Not in a million um, years. There we go. Great devil's advocate, but no, nah, surely not. Surely not. Um, well, It'd be funny though. It'd be really funny if that happens. Saturday two p.m. will be more entertaining than Saturday three p.m. You know, especially yeah, just depending on who he names as well. Imagine if he names Calvin Phillips, and I'm just going to have to sit there for an hour, <laughs> <laughs> just going, "Oh uh, no!" I actually kind of hope, I, yeah, I kind of hope he does it now, just to see the reaction and, and my own reaction as well. <laughs> oh, oh my god! Because because he it would as well. Fantastic. He, you know, he would see that on Twitter and just be like, "You know what? Go on then." Because he is that sort of maniac in a way. <laughs> he, ha- he has those maniacal tendencies about him. Well, you know, Calvin yeah. said he wants to play yeah. more now. So maybe Patrick's <laughs> just seen on his burner account. It's like, oh, you want to play more? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> it's sounded more Dutch, that, but anyway. It's sounded more Ten Hag. <laughs> <laughs> Louis van Gaal. Louis van Gaal. Um, There's been some accents um, in, in today's yeah. show. Oh, funny, funny. Um, I guess we'll we'll call it a day before we start getting cancelled by people and offending um, <laughs> any more nations across Europe and, and beyond. But guys, it's been a lot of fun. Alex, thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, thank you for having me as always. Ollie, thank you very much. No problem. Thanks for having me again. Listeners, thank you very much. And until next time, which will be Monday, hopefully a smiley episode, a happy flowers episode on Monday after a big win. We'll see you later. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end-of-season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running, and just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply, see mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.